the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In steadfast obedience to God's call upon his life, Pastor Rander continues to challenge us with stimulating questions that we must answer if we are to live a committed, God-filled life. We cannot reach our full potential short of giving God, rather than this world, our very best. The only way we can maximize our God-given capacity is to walk by faith at all times and in all things. God's Word tells us that we must look to the hills for help. Where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Thank you for joining us today. As you listen in, you'll want to take notes. So keep pen and paper handy. Hallelujah. Father, we are glad that you in the fullness of time sent your son in Bethlehem of Judea. That God baby that grew up into a God child, into a God man to redeem lost humanity. Thank you, Father, for that great song of the scripture. That whosoever, thank you, Father, that we who stand here today, we are the whosoever. Because we've trusted you. We rely, depend on you, our Lord, our King, our Savior. We thank you for doing that incredible act of mercy toward lost sinners to reconcile us back to you. For this, we are eternally grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, amen. Amen. I'm going to preach a two-part message that's going to end this year and begin next year. And I want to take my time because I wanted to soak into all of our hearts today. Amen. Have your Bibles. Turn with us to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. It says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls." And from this particular passage of scripture, for the next two Sundays, uh, we want to preach finishing well. Repeat after me, finishing Finishing. well. I believe we can call the day we're living in the jet age because the emphasis is on speed, 
swiftness and quickness. For example, we have the microwave oven. We have instant foods, instant drinks, fast food chains. We have grocery checkout scanners that can scan your groceries faster than you can look at it being scanned. We have major exams that can be graded in a matter of seconds. We have beepers and cell phones that even interrupt church services. Cut them off, please. We have fax machines, the email, and of course, uh, like my wife and I did, you can leave, put your foot on American soil and fly matters of hours later, and we are over in India or Africa or Russia, uh, just to name a few, because of the speed, the swiftness, the quickness of society. But in, this, in the midst of this jet age, There is a word that we rarely hear today, and the word is endurance. Say endurance, which is found in all three verses of this particular passage if you're reading from the New King James Version. And if we're going to please the Lord Jesus Christ, we must once again rediscover the word and apply it to our lives so that we can be what God intends us to be. In this passage, life is likened to a race. And we enter this race at the moment of salvation. If we desire to hear Jesus say, well done and finish well at death, we must get off to a good start. Say a good start. Run a good race. Say a good race. And with the help of endurance, trust in Jesus, finish well. Say finish well. This passage is written for the purpose of stirring us up to run, and not only to run, but to keep on running the Christian race of life. So what is endurance? Endurance uh, is three times in the text. In the Greek, the word is hupomeno. It means to remain under. It means to endure, uh, 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 sustain a load of misery, uh, 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 of persecution. It is to bear up under courageously, under hardships, without buckling, without yielding, without giving up, without yielding to temptation. And as we can see through defining this word, all of us need it in order to live the successful Christian life and finish well. And as we reflect on the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, we see the beautiful word endurance uh, through all of his life. For example, they called Jesus names, but he kept on enduring. They made many attempts to kill him, but he endured. They tried to trap him, but he endured. They lied on him, he endured. They mocked him, he endured. They falsely tried him, he endured. And they ultimately crucified him on a Roman cross, and he endured, and he rose. He died, and he was buried, and he rose, and he sat back at the right hand of the Father and finished well. You know why he sat back at the right hand of the Father? It's because his work was complete. He finished well. And because Jesus endured, salvation is available to all who trust him alone by grace through faith. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, endured for us. But the poignant, penetrating question is, are we willing as saints to endure for his name and for his glory? Question I pose to you is, what will it take for us to run a successful race, endure, 
until the end and finish well. This is the last Sunday of the year. What will it take for you and I to finish well? How many of you really want to finish well? Yeah. Well, let me ask you, even let's just, we know we want to finish well when it comes up time to die. But within the last 12 months, can you say with absolute certainty, I gave my best effort, and if God were to close my eyes today, I can say without a doubt, I have finished well. Oh, you've. You finish your work on your jobs and you get your degree and you get the promotion and you get the evaluations that say, well done, you get new rank in the military and maybe your superiors uh, in those areas say, job well done with plaques and accolades. But can Jesus say for this year from January to December, well done thy good and faithful servant. Isn't that a sobering, convicting question? As we draw closer to the coming of the Lord, it is not going to get any easier, but increasingly difficult to be a Christian. Therefore, here's what you must possess before you can endure. How many of you want a hooper minnow? How many of you want to be able to, to endure, to sustain a load of misery and persecution and to be able to, to, to withstand di- the difficulties and the trials of life without throwing in the towel to finish well to the glory of God? How many of you really want to finish well? You say, I didn't do like I should have done, but you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to commit today to finishing well, and I'm going to start today launching into next year. Well, here's what we need to consider. Number one, be encouraged by the godly examples of the saints who preceded us. That's in verse one. Be encouraged by the godly example of the saints who preceded us. Look at verse one. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. We're surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses. The first word in verse 12 is what? What's the first word? Don't be afraid. If you got, you, do you have a, how many of y'all got Bibles? Now you got so many translations. I hope your Bible there start with a therefore. How many Bibles start with a therefore of verse 12? Well, say it. Therefore. Say it a little bit louder. Therefore. Thank you. Therefore. Now, what is therefore, therefore? (laughs) It is a transitional word that refers us back to chapter 11. The cloud of witnesses are not a host of saints looking over heaven's balcony. You're always hearing that, cheering us on in the race. That's that's scary to know I'm in a shower and they're looking at me. Uh, I'm going to sleep. Oh, look, bye-bye, lullaby and all that. No, 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 no. They're not over... They're so busy gazing at the throne of God and, and so happy around that throne. Listen, there, it would be a lot of sadness in heaven if they saw continuously what was going on around here. The cloud of witnesses are not a host of saints looking over heaven's back and cheering us on in the race, but rather they are the ones in chapter 11 whose past lives of faith and godly example encourages us as we too face our opposition. You know, you have an account there in, in chapter 11. You know, we're not going to go to it now for time's sake. You see the, the account of all these great men and women 
who stood and withstood, and their names are in the hall of faith. And what the scripture said is that as, as we look and reflect on their lives, when we go through our own oppositions, when we go through our own discouragement, when we go through our own personal trials, we too can be encouraged by those in the hall of faith of Hebrews chapter 11. You see, they, they were ordinary people who lived extraordinary lives of faith. And therefore, let us reflect on their lives and be encouraged by how they succeeded against insurmountable odds and won. It talks about in that account Moses and talks about Daniel and talks about many of the saints who are there. Number two, we cannot finish well until we lay aside every unnecessary weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. That's huge. I hope you're writing every one of these points because you're going to need these points activated in your life and my life if we're going to finish well. We cannot finish well until we lay aside what? Every unnecessary weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. Uh, The text says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily, you know, it's easy to sin. It's easy. How many of y'all think it's hard to sin? It's not hard to sin. Some of y'all sinned this morning on the way to church. Some of you sinned in church with wrong thoughts. It's easy to sin. Every sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us, all of us, run with endurance, stamina, perseverance, the race that is set before each of us individually. So to lay aside, say lay aside. Say lay aside. To lay aside means to take off. It means to strip off. It means to remove as in taking off clothes. When it's too hot, the first thing you do is take off as much as you can within reason. Amen. All serious athletes train and they strain to remove excess weight. You know, you don't run a hundred yard sprint weighing 300 pounds. Or you don't run a sprint or relay with comeback boots on. You take all of that stuff off and you get as light as you can because you don't want anything to bog you down in the race. And some of y'all have so much baggage until you're still stuck at the starting line because you haven't peeled off the excess baggage. You have to lay aside. You have to strip off all of the rubbish that hinders you from running the good race. You see, weight and sin refers to anything that slows us down in the race. And even worse, it will disqualify us from the race. What are some of the things that can disqualify us? Uh, Your tongue being out of control. Speaking before you're thinking. Being swift to speak and slow to hear. Friendships can become a weight. Some of you would be better off if you shared some relationships. And you're, you're not any further than you could be. You could be much further, but you're so uh, enamored and you're so consumed and enveloped by relationship that have become excess baggage. 
uh, others bad habits, you know, others television is your weight. You go to bed with it. You wake up with it. Others is pleasure. More golf than Bible. Uh, selfishness. There's nothing wrong with golf. There's nothing wrong with bowling. There's nothing wrong with basketball or baseball. But if, it, if that consumes your life, then it will bog you down. Your own selfishness. You can get in the way of your own race. Pornography can bog you down. Unforgiveness, a negative spirit. Uh, anger can bog you down. The spirit of anger, mad about something back in 2000. And still mad. Because you want to be mad. Because you don't want to get over it. Apathy. You just don't care. I don't care. You act like it too. Laziness can become a weight. You know, it's hard to get up and worship. It's or to Sunday school, or the Bible study, and or to the discipline of just being still and hearing God. Sexual immorality can become a weight. I was calling and somebody was interviewing me on the phone and uh, some kind of gadget. And they asked me, well, are you married or are you cohabitating? I said, what? Those are the kind of questions. I said, what? That's the kind of question. Just yesterday, are you married? They called and checking me out and asking me, you know, before I could qualify certain things, are you married or are you cohabitating? Because cohabitation is the end thing. Sleeping with somebody that's not your wife or not your husband, your significant other. Amen. Amen. And listen, ladies, I tell you what, you strip all your dignity when you let somebody sleep in your face and you're not married to them. You give up a part of yourself that you can't get back. That man will go on to the next woman and won't even look back, won't lose an ounce of sleep over you. If you're not worth license to him, you need to tell him, get out of your face. Won't y'all say amen? amen. Y'all was talking about me, amen. <laughs> Beloved, to finish well, we must take off the excess baggage so we can run a successful, victorious race. Thirdly, uh, if we want to finish well, you must be absolutely sure that God has placed you in this church family as well as to as in your assignment, in your ministry assignment. Make sure that he has placed you in this church and as well as in your church assignment. You know, you could be in the right church, but in the wrong ministry. Or you could be saved and in this church, but this is not the church you ought to be a part of. This church is not for everybody. Maybe you don't like the structure of the church. Maybe you don't like the pastor of the church. Maybe you don't like the people of the church. Maybe the church might be a little too contemporary, or maybe it might be a little of this, or maybe it might be a little of that. And and that's why they have so many churches, because there is diversity in the body of Christ. No one should be in the house of God habitually, continuously disgruntled Because you can't worship authentically with a disgruntled spirit. Your time is too short to be mad and disgusted because of something you don't like. If not, you'll be miserable, unfulfilled, 
You will ruin yourself and others around you. One can be in the race, but in the wrong lane. And therefore, allow the Lord to establish boundaries and stay within the plan that God has assigned you to run in. It's the difference between success and failure. You can run a race in the wrong lane. Jeremiah 29, 11 is one of my favorite verses. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God has a plan for you and he will fulfill it as you hear him. Number four, if you're going to finish well, you must rely exclusively upon the word of God, upon prayer and the Holy Spirit. You must rely exclusively on whom? The word of God, prayer, and the Holy Spirit, or you will not have the stamina to survive under adversity in the race. You see, Ephesians 6.10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You will not finish well apart from the word. You will not finish well if you're not praying in the spirit. And you will not Finish well if you don't subject yourself to the leading of the Holy Ghost. Now, here's the question I pose to you. Y'all hanging with me? Why are so many saints failing to finish well? Is that a legitimate question? Why are so many who name the name of Jesus, who have been washed by the blood of Jesus, who are saved and know this, they are saved, not finishing well? Some leave their ministry assignment and even the church because of persecution. Some don't finish well because of pressure. Pressure. Some fail to finish well because of ingratitude. I tell you what, it's a lot of ingratitude. And if you're expecting a lot of thanks, don't look for it in the church. Sad to say. Uh, Some don't finish well because of discouragement. Some do not finish well because of depression. Some do not finish well because of apathy among the saints. Some do not finish well because of burnout. They took on too much and they fizzled and they disappeared. Are you still in here? Many do not finish well because of burnout. Many do not finish well because of personal problems. If you do not have a personal problem, will you please raise your hand? I'd like to see you. You have no issues, no problems. Man, I need, I, I need to bring you up here so you can tell us a thing or two. All of us had problems. All of us have issues. All of us are going through things. You say, I'm not going through nothing. Just wait, by t- wait till tomorrow. As God's spokesman, I must say that it is very dangerous to go AWOL on your divine assignment. It's one thing for God to transition you from one ministry to another. It's quite another thing to throw in the towel and just quit. And I I ain't doing nothing. I'm tired of those folk. And you go home and quit. It's amazing how you can be so quick to quit the church, but you don't quit your job that quick. It is something, all that stuff in boot camp, they sing you through. One, two, three, four. Down, make the bed, shower in three minutes, or whatever the minutes is. How, many, how long do they give y'all a shower sometime? 
Five minutes. Okay, I ain't giving you a break. Five minutes. All that stuff. You know why they put you in boot camp? Because they didn't. You kill up everybody. Boot camp is to strip you of yourself. That's why they cut your locks off. That's right. That's why they put a certain kind of shoes on you. A certain kind of, and it it has to be right. That's right. You don't have a choice in what you're going to eat. They're trying to get you unified and assimilated. They don't care about your feelings. They don't care about what you think. They'll shout all in your face and you say, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Get out there. Give me 20. Go run three miles. You're gone. And you stay there and take it for 30 years. And somebody don't speak to you in the church. <laughs> 30 years in the military. I tell people all the time, those folk, in, the, the folk in San Antonio, we ought to have the strongest churches in the land with all these ex-military folk and current military folk that know protocol and structure and discipline. But what happens when you retire? You retire everything. When you get out, you just get out. Don't exercise anymore. (laughs) Military appreciation day, all you can do is pin something on. (laughs) Wear a hat. Oh, but when you get into the church, somebody, he hurt my feelings, you hurt my feelings. And just whine and whine and whine. And you take it on that job. They say, you're going to work on weekends. You're going to work on Christmas Day. You own the night shift tonight. You may use it, huh? But you there. And you don't quit either. You just take it and move around. Well, why can't you have that same attitude in the church? Why do you treat man better than you treat God? Because you don't see instant retribution? Is that why? Because God is so loving and kind and merciful, he wakes you up to allow you to abuse him? Is that why? There is a day of reckoning. There is a day. It is dangerous to put your hand to the gospel plow, then look back. It will lead to divine chastening by God himself. Scripture tells us that in order to live according to God's plan for our lives, we must be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. It also tells us that we must forget our past and look toward those things that are ahead. In addition to the gift of a brand new year, God has given us the gifts of keeping the past where it belongs and looking to the present and the future, doing new things in him that shall spring forth. Isn't that good news? If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more teachings by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.